Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Hey girls, welcome back to another episode of the Go Girl Podcast. I'm excited to speak with you today. I cannot wait until you hear this episode. I've been thinking all about boundaries like mm, all year (laughs) and I feel good at setting boundaries now and it comes easily and naturally to me but I have a life coach on today you might be familiar with her I had her on episode 67 how to set boundaries speak up and honor your true self so check that one out after this episode but today we get more specific and it's about how to set boundaries with toxic people and narcissists Now, I dated like a textbook narcissist years ago and had to escape that relationship. Thank goodness I'm free. I am well. (laughs) But, you know, laugh a little now, but it was crazy and exhausting and draining and everything back then. And I wanted to touch on boundaries because that's one thing that I definitely lacked in that relationship. And that's like one of the key things with narcissists. Like as soon as you tell them no, a lot of times they'll go into a rage So I like boundaries back in the day. I was more of a people pleaser and I'm proud to say that, yeah, that doesn't really describe me that much anymore. So, and and life has been good, but I wanted to talk about this today because October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And since I was in an emotionally and verbally abusive relationship, then I wanted to, you know, help other women on some some signs or what they can do if they're in this relationship and they're trying to leave it or if they choose to stay How can they really coexist with someone who's a a toxic or a narcissist? And a lot of times it's setting boundaries. So Amy Fiedler, I follow her so much on social media and she helps me a lot with a lot of the things that she posts on Instagram. We even talk about some misconceptions of a narcissist. We talk about my toxic trait that I used to have which I didn't think it was that toxic, but whatever, let her tell it. (laughs) So uh, we get into that. We also share some examples on how to set boundaries. So you definitely want to tune into this episode, get your pen and paper out, write some notes. Be sure to follow her at Amy, the life coach on social media. You can follow me at Go Girl Movement. I would love to hear what part resonated with you. Leave a rating, leave a review. I appreciate the love and I know you're going to appreciate this episode, okay? So it's time to get us some girl talk with Amy Fiedler. Ladies, I am so, so excited because right now I have Amy Fiedler back on the Go Girl podcast. You might remember her from episode 67 where we talked about how to set boundaries Speak up and honor your true self. And she is back because she has so much info to share. And, you know, I had some technical difficulties during that time. But <laughs> so I'm like, I need to get you back and we need to finish this conversation. So welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me back. I adore talking to you. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, she's a life coach. She helps you to stop people pleasing to regulate your emotions, to communicate in a healthy way and teaches you how to set boundaries. And I just want to say, first of all, Amy, thank you so much because I've done so much work because I follow your page on social media at Amy, the life coach, right? Yes. 
And you share so much great information. And I know beforehand, when we talked the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so attacked by so many things that you say because (laughs) my goodness, this all sounds like me. I have people pleasing issues and boundary issues. And I'm proud to say since following your page and taking the notes and, and, you know, trying some new things and speaking up for myself. I'm a pro at this. I'm always like, yes, setting, girl. setting boundaries comes easily to me. You know what I mean? And um, it's amazing because I feel like people respect you more too when you yeah. set those boundaries. It's a shift at first, but they do ultimately start respecting you and your needs. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. I mean, I I love providing the value. And I think a lot of people just gain so much just Mm -hmm. from those free posts. So I'm always happy to hear that feedback as well, because I invest a lot of time in writing those (laughs) captions and everything. Yeah, it's so amazing. So I wanted to get you on today, too, so that we can really have a conversation about how to really speak your boundaries. You know, Mm. at first it was about, you know, well, what is a boundary? And we can talk about that too, in case people did not listen to the last episode. So first let's dive in. What is a boundary and when should you set them? So boundary, I I think there was a post recently where I likened it to a fence around your house, Mm -hmm. right? And, And that's kind of what a boundary is. It's what you need as an individual to feel respected, supported, loved, heard, validated, and all of those good things. And so communicating them to people is not you shouting, don't do this to me. It's you claiming that need and saying, I, I need this. I hear this better when you speak it this way. I feel respected when you treat me this way, giving them directions, you know, like we have directions when we buy furniture, we have directions when we buy devices. This is what you do in your relationships. You tell people what you need and you teach them how to treat you. So so those boundaries are basically, here's what I'm needing so we can get along and we can hear each other and we can respect each other. So what if you do that? What if someone's like, okay, I'm going to set this boundary and the other person though is not receiving it well or they lash out or something like that? What should they do in that case? which is the case about 90% of the time, right? Right. Most most people don't have boundaries. Most people don't really understand boundaries. And a lot of people confuse control Mm -hmm. and demands with setting boundaries. And they're very distinctly different things. So, So what do you do when you communicate to someone and they refuse to do it? you have to uphold the boundary on your end. And this is where everybody kind of falls short because they think, well, I told you, Ashley, that this is how I need to be spoken to. And you're just not obeying what I said. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth is, is I'm letting you know what it's going to take for us to get along or for us to have a good relationship. And if you're unwilling or unable, or you can't communicate a compromise to me, it's on me to respect myself. Mm. So you know, if you're unwilling, I've got to turn away where I have to be like, okay, well then our relationship is going to shift and it's right. going to look a little different or we're going to reduce our contact with each other. And that's it. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be willing to leave, leave the person mm. alone, or like you said, limit your contact with that person. I wanted yeah. to get you on today to really talk about how to set boundaries with toxic people. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like that's a thing. People are like, Oh my gosh, this person is toxic. That's toxic. And, and in some ways 
you can be toxic, girls. You can be toxic, you know, but you might think the other person is being toxic, but maybe your response is toxic as well. I know one of my toxic traits, which I didn't know until I was following Amy's page, I realized it's a little abusive. I was like, oh, okay, let me, let me watch myself. But the, like the silent treatment, you know, mm. and shutting down, like that's what I used to do. And now I speak up all the time and it feels so liberating, but that is a toxic trait. So like, how do we set boundaries with toxic people and what are some toxic traits that we might not think are toxic mm. but they are well why don't we start there yeah. first because yeah. i think everybody confuses what's toxic like we right. label things we dislike toxic and it's kind of like well you have to understand that toxic actually just equals unhealthy right mm-hmm. so what's unhealthy is me giving you the silent treatment that's a form of abuse If you're trying to communicate with me and I don't communicate to you any boundary, if I don't communicate to you that like I'm incapable right now of having a conversation or I need some time or space and you just keep trying and I haven't let you know where I stand, I'm being abusive towards you. Mm -hmm. I'm denying you the ability to be heard. I'm denying you the ability to feel seen or validated or understood, right? So... Toxic traits can be anything from the silent treatment to ghosting people, which is severely toxic. I've done a lot of podcasts on... Everybody wants to talk about ghosting. Dismissing, deflecting, gaslighting people, invalidating people is a toxic trait. Shouting, not being able to regulate yourself and just unleashing your anger or your emotions onto another person without holding yourself accountable. That's a toxic trait. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with someone like that, hey, you have to recognize where they're at with themselves, right? Like, and like yourself, you know, to your credit, you were able to recognize and own the fact that like, hey, I kind of do this. There could be many reasons why you, you were going silent. One could have been your, your own fear of backlash, your own fear of, you know, punishment or somebody rejecting you or abandoning you just for speaking up. Yep. So we easily just like slap these labels on people and we fail to realize that like if we approach it with some compassion, we might realize that the person going silent isn't a horrible, toxic person. They're just struggling with their own fears and it's Mm. coming out in a really unhealthy way. Yeah. And with that, it, it is about understanding why someone is doing something and having that real open dialogue because in reality, it's like I'm looking at it like, oh, I'm trying to protect myself. You know, this makes me feel safe by not speaking up because I don't want anyone to yell at me or to, you know, talk down to me or anything like that. Not knowing that what I am doing is actually toxic and it's not creating that space to really communicate why I'm doing this and what I'm really feeling and what I really need from the other person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got asked a question just this morning on a Q&A where, where someone was like, how do, I, how do I know that it's toxic? How do I know that yeah. it's unhealthy? Mm. A lot of people don't know. Right, because they grew you know? up thinking things are normal. Like that's yeah. normal to yell at each other, to, you know, like even with abuse, some women have said, oh, if they're not hitting me or they're not yelling and shouting at me, I don't think they love me. They think that is normal. That was me. That yeah. that was my upbringing. It was screaming and yelling. And 
verbal abuse. And so that's what I took out into the world. That's what I put out there. And that's what I only wanted coming at me, even Mm. though I didn't like it coming at me. Right. So to your question, to, to navigate a conversation or setting boundaries with someone like that, it can be, it can be difficult. And that's why we have to recognize that what we value for ourselves, what we need, what those boundaries are for ourselves have to be the most important thing to us. So we can't stand around and try to convince somebody to treat us the way we're asking them to treat us. We have to communicate it in a very clear, honest, transparent, direct way. And then we have to navigate that in a way that's going to be respectful of us. So if you're unwilling to, to hear me, if you're unwilling to comply with what I'm asking, then maybe we find a compromise, right? Maybe if we want this relationship or friendship to work, we find common ground. But if that's not the case, then we have to set a firmer boundary. Mm-hmm. And that firmer boundary is very, very, very specific to the individual setting it. So say someone is yelling at you or whatnot. And, and I heard you earlier say, say, I feel or I need statements. Can you say a whole sentence if this person is yelling at you and you want to set a boundary right then and there, just like a sentence or something that I should say to the person to then set my boundary. A common one that I give clients is if you keep yourself in a balanced place yep. and you keep your tone in a, in a very neutral, calm space, that person will often come down and kind of regulate themselves to your level. But what a lot of us do is when we hear someone yelling at us, we escalate and meet them up there. Mm -hmm. And that's never going to go well because now we're just climbing this ladder Mm -hmm. of who can be louder because you're shouting because you want to be heard. So if you go to the place on the other end of that, of I hear you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you and I can hear you. And now I need you to hear me more than likely they start to lower themselves. Now let's say there's the chance that they don't, mm-hmm. that's your opportunity to say to them. And I've done this in my own life. Listen, I would rather have this conversation when you're in a space to be able to hear me and communicate with me in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. And then I exit. That's it. Yeah. Simple as that. I like that. That's it. Yeah. And that's you honoring your yourself in in demanding that respect. You did have a post about different misconceptions, which I was like, okay, this is, I like this. And one of them, you said, you can't set boundaries with a narcissist. That's a misconception. So Mm -hmm. you said that is false. Talk to me about. (laughs) People hate me for that one. Okay. (laughs) Talk to me about that. Uh, The misconception is you can't set boundaries with a narcissist. Let me know why that is false. Well, so I think there's a, a community of people out there who are narcissistic <laughs> experts, right? Uh, right. And some maybe they've gone through it. I, yeah. I've I've dated narcissists. I have narcissists in my life. I actively set boundaries with them. Yeah. Now I'm no. I would never claim to be a narcissistic <laughs> expert, but my approach to mental and emotional health is that a narcissist is deeply wounded and hurt Mm -hmm. and they're unwilling 
they are unwilling to own their shit, right? They're unwilling to hold themselves accountable. So they're a very difficult person to deal with. And when, and a lot of people have them in their family, Mm -hmm. like their parents, their siblings, whatever. So that misconception that I think has been brought on by this world of experts or self-proclaimed experts is that they're just too difficult to deal with, just block them and cut them out. Mm -hmm. I've had many clients come to me saying they've followed all of these different types of accounts and pages specific to that type of topic. And they were on the verge of cutting their father out or on the verge of never speaking to a sibling. And then they come to me and they learn how to communicate and they learn how to set boundaries. And before you know it, their relationship completely changes with that parent. They recognize that they have to accept them for where they're at, but that doesn't mean you have to tolerate their bad behavior in the process. So I think there's some missing pieces and I won't say, I won't blanket that statement for every case because there obviously are very bad people out there, evil people, malicious people, manipulative people. But I wouldn't say that you can't set a boundary with all narcissists because I've done it myself and I've got a collection of clients under my wings that Mm -hmm. have done the same thing. You just have to be very firm in your communication and your upholding of those boundaries. I like that because I do feel like everyone is longing for love and even narcissists are longing for love. They just don't know how to receive it. They don't know, like you said, are deeply wounded, um, probably suffered a lot of trauma when they were younger and whatnot. And so they ultimately want love. And so for people to just keep cutting them off, it's like, ooh, you know, but also, of course, they have to do their own work. Yeah. But I do like that. You're like, okay, we'll set a boundary, you know, lessen your communication with them or demand respect from them or not demand, but, you know, you know, have respect for yourself and hopefully they start respecting you rather than just always cutting people off. It was, I don't know what was going on like a year or two ago with cancel culture and stuff. And everyone's just like, oh, you did this. I'm cutting you off. I'm done. Um, yeah. This person is toxic. I'm done. No contact. It's like, but you're toxic to, you know what I mean? Exactly. I think a lot of, we all have, have some respect. type of red flags and stuff, you know? We do. Yeah. yeah. Would you want to be treated? Like I, I know, yeah. and I'm the first to admit and own the fact that like, I, I was once crazy. Like I was once a person. How crazy that were you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's giving a face. I'm scared anyway. No. <laughs> No, but we all have our struggles, right? And so I know if I go back in time and I think about when I was misbehaving or acting out or just imitating the behaviors that were conditioned into me, I didn't want to be treated that way. Mm -hmm. Like all I wanted was for someone to love me and accept me. And I I didn't know how to cultivate that in a a healthy way. So I obviously went about it the way I... I knew how, but I'm thankful for those select few people in my life who were strong enough and self-aware enough to be like, listen, I'm not going to put up with your bullshit, Amy, but you know, I still love you regardless. Right. And that's that unconditional love factor that a lot of people out there also are like, there's no such thing as unconditional love. No, there is. It's called self-acceptance and self-respect. Like that's included in that process. Right. And and how did that make you feel? The people who did just leave because of your crazy or the people who actually accepted you and were like, look, you need to change some things or I'm going to, you know, limit my conversations with you. How did that make you feel with those transitions? 
You know, I would say that now where I'm standing, I would look back at the people who left and and be like, I don't really blame you. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have put up with my stuff either. I wouldn't have either. (laughs) But I would also say, you know, they were probably going through stuff and struggling equally as much and maybe not capable of communicating effectively to me. And, you know, I, I always say, if you're involved with a toxic person, there's probably some sort of toxicity on your end that has you engaging with that. And that toxicity might just be a lack of boundaries or an avoidance of communication. Like it might be that simple. You might not be a manipulative person. You might be an avoidant person. And that's why you've attracted somebody who's, you know, acting like a narcissist or whatever. So Mm. if you've got somebody in your life doing something that's rubbing, I always do that, rubbing you like friction, there's something for you to maybe look at and acknowledge and address in yourself. And it, and it's on, honestly, always some sort of simple shift, but you know, like no relationship is perfect. Every relationship takes work, even the healthiest ones. But that's the thing is we get two people that are, are healthy and are willing to hold themselves accountable and grow. That friction really doesn't feel like friction. It just feels like an opportunity for growth. Yes, that's so true. So, um, and I'll be honest and open right now. I'm dating. Well, I'm not even dating. I'm in a relationship. And, <laughs> and that's us like, it's not friction, but we will have uncomfortable conversations, but it feels so healthy because we're both just, so open with how we feel and we'll share our perspectives. And sometimes it's like, oh, I just saw something differently than he did, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he shares how he saw it and maybe why he saw it a certain way and then why I, you know what I mean? And so then I always feel like, oh, I feel closer now, you know? And I feel like we can grow now because we are really respecting each other and hearing each other, understanding mm. each other and really having that communication, even if it's difficult, but yeah. we have it and, it and it feels so great afterwards. <laughs> You're creating intimacy. Yeah. And, and that's what people don't realize. They think in, intimacy is just physical or sexual. But the truth is, is that having the difficult conversations and being willing and able to hear you know, like my, my boyfriend and I will sit down and have these very challenging conversations right. and he'll, he'll look at me and go, you, you really handle like direct com- communication well. And I was like, I prefer when someone's just like, uh, I'm irritated with you, Amy. And I'm like, cool, tell me what I did so I can grow. Cause I've got that growth mindset. But I think when you have somebody who's walking around with a mindset of, there's nothing wrong with me mm. and it's always everyone else that creates a major problem and that creates a major separation in relationships. But I mean, kudos to you because it, mm. it, having those challenging conversations is not always easy, but it's super healthy and it's what is going to create deep a deep bond and sustainability in that relationship. That emotional intimacy. He and I talk about that often, like how we feel so intimate in other ways, you know, Mm. the emotional intimacy is just amazing, you know, and how we feel safe and secure with each other, you know, and and it feels good. And, but it's also great to be with someone like that, who also has a growth mindset, who also is like, yeah, you know, like, let me know, call me out if I, did something wrong or if I hurt your feelings or anything like that, you know, and 
for us to really um, just be real and honest with each other. And it just helps us become like a better couple. So, yeah. 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 I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm happy, too. And a lot of it has to do with your work. Actually, the very first conversation I had with him, he asked me, you know, what's been a challenge um, like? pretty much like I'm, I'm a great woman, this and that, you know, what's been a challenge with you in getting a, a good relationship? I said, honestly, my communication, sometimes I shut down. Yeah. And he loved that. I took accountability. It wasn't like, oh, men or yeah. that, you know, it's just, I took accountability. I figured out ways how to grow from it. And I'm, I'm becoming better because I'm aware of that within myself. So then that's helped us a lot, like in our own relationship. And he's a great communicator. So it just makes it easy. You know, it's so easy and comfortable and feels it's very so, healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy when you're just honest. Yes. And that's the thing is like, I remember way back, like when I was a teenager looking online and being like, like, how do I get a boyfriend? Like, what are the oh, rules to this yeah. game? And you get older and you realize like the, the, the rules are just be yourself, yourself but yes. learn how to learn how to own who you are, learn how to express yourself, learn how to respect yourself. And then you just show up for people as you are. And it makes for this very easy. And, and as someone myself who was once in many abusive relationships, being in a really healthy one, I'm like, this is so I mean, it's not easy, but it's easy compared to that obstacle course. (laughs) (laughs) She said obstacle course. (laughs) I'm jumping through hoops. I'm jumping. Yeah, I'm climbing over a wall. What the hell is this? (laughs) Oh, because I want to hear something nice and sweet. Like, I'm difficult. Like, what? Girl. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. Speaking of that, what about if you are setting a boundary or something and someone says, oh, you're too sensitive or too emotional? Mm. What do we say to that? Well, let's just address why they're even saying that in the right. first place. I mean, they say that because they're uncomfortable with their own emotions. Yep. So obviously hearing yours, they don't know how to support you or respect it or validate it. So they just shut it down yeah. the way they shut down their own and probably the way their parents or guardians shut down theirs, right? So what you say to that, I mean, this is challenging because a lot of times if we're insecure or needy in a moment like that, and we hear someone say, you're too sensitive, we believe we're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then we believe we can't express ourselves. They're showing you they're uncomfortable, and then you're probably not going to feel safe. So the best route to take in a situation like that is A, to just have that knowledge of recognizing if someone's in that space, they're not really equipped Mm. in that moment to support you. And so that's an opportunity for you to have your own boundary there and be like, okay, you know what? You're not the right person for me to confide in or communicate with about this topic. And I'm going to take this information to a safe space. Everybody hates when you say safe space, but... Like you're talking about your your relationship. The reason you two feel so connected and can share with each other is because nobody's judging each other when they open up. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly so what we say. Yep. Someone feels defensive and someone feels judged. They immediately shut down. That's just like human yeah. behavior. Yeah. So when someone calls you a name for expressing yourself, personally, my own boundary there is like, you're just not a person that I want to hang around. Like, I don't want to talk to you or open up to you because you're not comfortable with these conversations. 
And then sometimes they get upset. Like, why don't you open up? And talk? Like, I try, <laughs> but you're so right. mean. <laughs> right. That, I mean, that's why like a heavy focus in my work is really on increasing your emotional intelligence. Because yeah. when you just know why someone's saying the thing they are doing the thing they do, then it's not this whole conversation sometimes with someone ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. It's not a debate or an argument. It's just a, okay, right? Mm-hmm. I have that knowledge and I can just change my behavior and move along and respect myself. I like that. And I like that you said, um, you know, to feel in a safe space. And this is what he and I have said, like, no one's defending themselves. No one, we're not judging each other. We're accepting each other's like full selves, you know, not trying to change anyone, control anyone. Just, I'm going to be me, you be you. And oh, this is working. This is great. Because yeah. we're showing up as our true, honest selves. Now, if you have someone who's a little emotionally unavailable, then mm-hmm. you might want to reconsider like moving forward in that relationship. Yeah. for I mean, for sure. It, it comes back to what do you want? Yeah. Right? And what do you value? And if you're in a relationship with someone and they shut down on you, they won't communicate with you. You know, I get a lot of people who've been married for a very long time and they're like, my husband just doesn't communicate with me. And that makes me sad when yeah. there's children and years under your belt. And it's not, you know, it's not lost cause. People can grow, but people have to want to improve themselves. It can't be this one person dragging you along going, I need you to talk to me. And the other person's severely resistant of opening up. They have to look at themselves and say, you know what? I want to feel connected to you too. And I want to work through my shit. But if they don't want to work through their shit, they push people away real quick. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So I want to get into, it's a couple of questions from social media. This is Amanda Brooke. She asked, how do I set boundaries with my mother who hasn't healed from an abusive childhood? Well, I mean, to validate that question, that's like, almost all of our mothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. how do you set boundaries? I mean, I, I would say I'm, I'm a good example of this. I'm living proof. People who follow and listen, they hear me talk about my mom, Cheryl, all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, that's been a challenging relationship. What you have to do first is heal that, that little girl or little boy wound you've been carrying, right? That attachment that you have to your mom. Mm. And when, when you work through what you were needing that was unmet by your mother, then you'll stop playing this little child's role with them as this hurt adult. In other words, because I know that sounded very complicated. In other words, when mom or dad is wounded and you're an adult and you're still behaving in the way you were as a child who wasn't getting their needs met, you're going to clash. You have to reconcile the fact that they're doing the best they can. People hate when I say that, but they are from where they're standing. Right. And from that point, you have to recognize and accept this is, this is their limitations. They may not be the person you want them to be. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You have to forgive that. You have to forgive yourself. And then from there, setting boundaries with them is easier because there's no attachment to their behavior anymore. Mm. Wow. That was really good. Because some people you. still, you're welcome. <laughs> some people still, <laughs> um, some people still like, crave 
that love from their parent. You know, they're trying to fill that void. And so they get in relationships sometimes where they're trying to fill that void and, and make someone love them the way their parents did not love them or they'll throw temper tantrums. And it's like, this is what you did when you were a kid, when you wanted that love from your parents and now you're doing it as an adult. But that's good that you say, you know, kind of like detach a little bit and, and set that boundary. Wow. Do you believe in like reparenting yourself and stuff? Like you have to heal that inner child, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all part of that process is Mm -hmm. kind of like when I say reconcile that, that those unmet needs, in other words, what you're doing is recognizing, you know, like for me, I wanted, I wanted affection and attention in a certain way. And if mom was giving it to me a different way, I didn't feel like my needs were met. She might've felt like she was meeting those needs, but I didn't feel like my needs were met. So I ended up feeling neglected and abandoned, right? So I have to go back and kind of look at, okay, you know what? She was providing for me in some way, like in my circumstance, but it wasn't in alignment with what I I connect to. Mm. And now I have to learn how to connect with myself and meet those needs myself. Hear the words that you need to hear, soothe yourself the way you need to be soothed and so on and so forth. So that's that reparenting. Talk to yourself the way they couldn't or Mm -hmm. were unwilling to talk to you. That's what I was going to say. The the self-soothing is very important, you know, like giving yourself those positive affirmations and that great self-talk and even saying, I love you. Some people I'm like, oh my gosh, they're like, my parent never told me they love me. I'm like, oh Mm -hmm. my God. So like even telling yourself, I love you, you know, filling that up for yourself, filling yourself up with some self-love. That's what the Go Girl podcast is all about. Yes. I have one more question. My little corner to be says, this is a good one. How to know when you need to set a boundary versus when it's a trigger you need to work through? Mm. Mm. Well, 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 I well, 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 so, <laughs> so when you're triggered, you're not really thinking you're reacting, right? Hmm. So, so really if you're getting triggered, a boundary will need to be set, right? That's so that's right. kind of answering that question in some way. When, when you feel triggered by something, you're going to have to process that you're going to have to try to understand it and cope with it and then reach the conclusion you may or may not need to speak up and set a boundary or maybe set a a mental boundary for yourself to no longer engage with this person or whatever it is. So you always will probably need a boundary if you're being triggered. Mm. How to know the difference between a trigger though is, is a trigger is kind of just like this instinctual reaction that we have. Right. So the goal here is pay attention to the things that, as I said earlier, rub on you and make you freak out. Mm. Pay attention to the things that make you annoyed. Pay attention to the things that irritate you. Pay attention to the things that make you want to shout at people or scream or cut them off or whatever. Any type of negative reaction you're having deserves some time for you to look at it and really understand it. And from that point, then you'll be able to start to learn, okay, I see a pattern here. Mm-hmm. I keep getting annoyed when, I don't know, I'll give you the most random example, when, when people are late mm-hmm. to an appointment. 
I mean, for me, I get, I feel disrespected if somebody is late and doesn't communicate they're going to be late. Right. Whereas other people, like my boyfriend will be like immediately in a compassionate state when somebody's late. He's Mm. like, they probably were doing 50 things. (laughs) And I'm like, you can communicate. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's a trigger for me. Respecting Mm -hmm. my time is a trigger for me. I value, and I'll say, I value my time. And he's like, I value my time too. I just have different experiences that allow me to see this differently. That's the thing, having Mm -hmm. different experiences, because maybe someone's being triggered because, oh, this is bringing up something, of of course, like from their past. But maybe whatever from their past has nothing to do with the person in front of them. So in that case, should they just handle whatever is going on within themselves with themselves or do they bring it up? Yes. Instead of just bringing it up to the person and accusing them of something. Right. Very good question. Cause I think a lot of people do this in reverse. You always want to address it in yourself first Yep. and then decide, does it convert? Cause, cause once you do address it, sometimes you're like, Okay, I don't even need to talk about right. This. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah, you start yeah. because sometimes, like I know with me, you know, sometimes I overthink and my thoughts go great, and then I'm like, I have to process this first. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I might feel triggered or something might come up inside of me, and then it's like, well, let me think about this for a minute, and I'll think. Yeah. It might take me like an hour, but then afterwards, I'm like, this not even worth it. You know, I'm. This is really because of whatever in the past, but it's like, okay, that's something I have to deal with myself. That's not anything that I have to deal with, with the person in front of me. Right. And, and I think more times than not, yeah, it's always going to be, I'm reacting to something in my head from my past. And right. it's not that person. Like, even if mom is standing in front of you doing the same thing she's always done, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily reacting to that present circumstance. You're reacting to when it was a wound for you way back when right. you were a kid. Right. Because she'll stand there and go, I don't know why you're so angry. Yeah. I've always done this. And it's like, because mm, something happened a really long time ago that I have yet to look at. Right. So you want to always regulate yourself before you have any conversation with a person and, and, and really understand what you're thinking and feeling before you just spew it out. Because otherwise we end up saying things that we don't mean, projecting yeah. feelings onto others when we need to hold ourselves accountable. Yep. If people can learn to create some space and that's different per person, I process super quick. People okay. laugh at me, but I can do it in a split second when I'm in front of people. Whereas a lot of other people need to take like 20 minutes or an hour or even a day mm-hmm. and create space between the conversation or the situation or the argument and then find some clarity and then return to it. So whatever it is, the goal should always be in that space. Let me regulate myself and find yep. clarity and my next steps. Yeah, I like that. Oh, Amy, that was so good. Ah! I, would, I, I could talk to you all the time, but um, instead I'll value your time and <laughs> continue following you on social media and getting all the good tips. I'm telling you, everyone, be sure to follow her at Amy, the life coach. Um, so much great information out there. I'm constantly sharing some of her posts into my stories. If you follow me at I am Ashley Caprice or at Go Girl Movement. Um, but tell people how they can get in touch with you. If it's not social media, maybe your website or any other sure. way, your podcast, talk about that. 
Yeah. Well, so they can head to my website, which is amyfiedler.com and find any type of sources of resources, services that I offer, such as my one-on-ones or my Inner Genius Resource Center, which is an online resource center with full-length video classes or my podcast, which is called Connect the Dots, Bitch. And (laughs) it's on Spotify, Apple, or wherever streams uh, podcasts. So, you know, check it out. Leave me a review. People enjoy it. It's just me talking to myself, but... (laughs) But but spreading that knowledge, saying what we need, you know, you're not talking to yourself. You're talking to all of us because we need to hear it. Well, I am. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm just, in other words, not interviewing people, but definitely giving you value on boundary setting, people pleasing, healthy communication and all that good stuff. Amy, thank you so much. You are so awesome and keep doing what you're doing. Go girl, because I'm learning a lot. Everyone's learning a lot. I always see so many comments on your page under your post and people are just loving everything you're saying. So go girl and thank you. You're much needed out here. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate and leave a review and be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love? Ten chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.